There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean... Um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. I like that you do the fist bump every time that you're on the show and that I, I intro it. I appreciate that. I'm Derek Peterson. Greg Smith is sitting across from me. Greg, how are you? I am very well. Cold, but <laughs> well. It's rainy. It's like cold. cold. It's, not, it's not terribly cold, but it's colder than it has been yeah. to the point where like, High school football teams this week have practiced some inside. They've got wet, muddy, gross fields. Friday is going to be fun. It's supposed to rain out. I didn't Carney. even think about that. Um, I hadn't thought about that yet. We've got football weather, which is great after everything that we went through this summer. We've got a little bit of football weather for not big, but the Big 12 and the ACC begin their season this this weekend. So we, we're going to have some some football there. It's going to be nice. I'm excited about this. And I also get to break out hoodies and, and jackets and things like that. So I'm not complaining about the cold. Yeah, that portion of it I like. I, I do have a hoodie on today. Um, I, I actually need to add one more maybe to the rotation. I was thinking about that as, as it kind of snuck up on me that we had hoodie weather. Um, but I am looking forward to that. Laker hoodie? Uh, the most recent one was a Laker hoodie, so I think we'll do something else. I don't know though. We we maybe maybe we'll go Laker. Cause I want I want one of the gray ones, one of the gray Laker hoodies. So we'll see. Make those. So I, maybe. But and uh, for full transparency, I've been a moratorium has been placed on me with Lakers gear in the hopes that the championship gear Uh-oh. could happen. So did sorry, get, but that's <laughs> that's a thing. Did you home. get any of the Black Mamba gear that they came out with? I did not. And I'm now still kind of regretting me. that. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to debate if I need to try and rectify that situation. Um, if, if you can even still get it. Um, but yeah, I did not get any. I wonder if, I bet those jerseys aren't still available. Probably not. No, I Maybe some of the other gear. Do they come is. with the patch on it? Like the, was it the KB patch? Can you get I that on jerseys that you ass- purchase online? Hmm. I don't know for sure, but I would assume so. Okay. We are here to talk through four questions that were in the mailbag this week. Um, with everything going on, it seems like we're kind of in like a holding pattern as we, you know, the, the topic that has dominated Big Ten discussion this week is, was the same topic that dominated discussion like four weeks ago, right. which was, reverted. is there a vote? When is that vote? What are they voting on? Is there going to be a season? Um, so we're just gonna, I just pulled four questions from the mailbag this week that we're going we're gonna to talk about in depth. First, I have a proposal for you. Okay. Okay. I have a proposal for you for whenever there is a season played. Nebraska routinely operates like a certified freak. <laughs> okay. And it does so seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. So my proposal at some point this season when there is football played, either be it walking out of the tunnel used in like a promotional video on social media, I would ask that Nebraska use, there's some corn in this house. (laughs) Okay. I mean, (laughs) they could, they could use that. I, man, how many people need to approve that? But then again, how many people that have to approve something like that would know what that was referencing? So That's yeah, the they could they could get that. I think they can do it. That's the thing. Yeah, this is this is inspired by Wando Robinson's foray into the music industry. <laughs> okay, introduce WAP into your your rotation. <laughs> I bet the players will go nuts. Is there a player on <laughs> Nebraska's team that has that song memorized? Oh, absolutely. Already, you think so? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would guess so. I was in line at Chick-fil-A the other day and there was this guy that 
And he is like in a lifted truck, like a yeah. big truck, like one of those trucks that you see and you look at and you be like, that guy's overcompensating. <laughs> Pulled over to the side, waiting for them to bring him something, I guess. And so I get, I get my food, chicken sandwich with no pickles, well done fries. <laughs> That's how we roll. And as I'm driving past him, as I'm pulling up past him, I can hear he's got WAP blasting <laughs> from the speakers inside his car. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this poor guy, he's got a daughter that wants to listen to it, which would be a weird choice. Uh, or he's got like a wife that's making it or a girlfriend that's making him listen to it. Nope. As I pull past this guy, he is in there by himself bumping to WAP. Okay. I mean. And I just laughed. Do you, bro? That was great. <laughs> that, that's that was great. You know? But if you think that there's a there are Nebraska players that have that song memorized, I mean. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. You know, when our editors come around to listen to this. <laughs> We're going to get a phone call. Maybe not Brandon. But particularly Erin, yeah. when she hears Certified Freak, she's going to have a little mini heart attack Probably. wondering where it's going. Probably. That's my proposal. That's my proposal. Okay. Yeah. Well, you should kick that to the appropriate channels. I, I will try. Okay. Whenever I have conversations with people, I will. There you go. I will start dropping some nuggets. And for anybody that has kids with an earshot, maybe you're listening to this with your kids in the background, just so that the kids are aware of what we're talking about. We are writers. WAP refers to writing and paraphrasing. Do you like to use shorthand? Yes. Okay. To the topic at hand. Greg, what will the residual effects on recruiting for the schools with presidents and chancellors who voted no to playing, or at least trying to play this fall? What will the residual effects be on recruiting? And you can ask the same question, um, which Richard Fitzwell, big time friend of Hale Varsity. He asks questions every week. Shout out to him. Um, you can ask the same question for those who voted yes. What will be the residual effects on programs who had their presidents vote no to playing Big Ten football this fall? You know, it's interesting. I, after answering this question and thinking about it some more, I thought of something else that I wish I had written in there, which is, is that I think that when we talk about this topic, we always think about the teams that voted or are voting no versus the teams outside of the conference that are playing football. And it dawned on me that you will have kind of infighting between within the conference on this as well. So one of the residual effects could be that if you're a team, Purdue, Purdue voted no, right? In that initial uh, round, they voted no. You have to battle not only the teams that are in the SEC or the ACC or the Big 12 um, that you're recruiting against, but there's also teams in your conference that you're going to have to battle them saying, hey, they didn't really want to play football. So if Nebraska is going up against Purdue for some sort of do-it-all offensive athlete, which is could very plausible, then they Nebraska can go to that kid and say, hey, we had everything aligned because that's been something that we've been hearing a lot. Everyone was aligned um, within our state, within our university and our program to play football. We were doing everything we possibly could to make it safe for um, our players to be able to play. We were adamant about being able to play. Hey, look, our parents were even on board with that. And then you had Purdue, who you also like, who was kind of wishy-washy and didn't know what they really wanted to do. And you could then fill that vacuum with all sorts of things because Purdue is not able to refute that. I'm not saying that they would go negative. I'm just saying that that's reality. So it's going to be an interesting effect. And it's something that I think that we'll we'll see and I'll know have a better sense of as we move forward. Because I do think that it will be interesting to find out from specific prospects and, and their families on if any of this had an impact down the road. Who knows? It might not. Um, but in general, I would lean towards it will have some sort of effect because you will have that infighting even within the conference. Does it feel a little icky to you that this is going to get used as a recruiting tool when, like, at its most basic level, it was teams saying, we're not going to play football during a pandemic? Yes. I've been thinking about this because I'm not really sure – where I fall on this question, but it is like a question worth asking. Like, because, and <clears throat> the kids weren't in school, they weren't playing football, but an active FBS player, not, not FBS, he was D2, an active college football player passed away mm -hmm. this week because of complications from COVID. Does it feel at all icky? Or, or, or here's a better way to phrase it. Do you think we're going to get a couple years down the road and we're going to look back at the discourse around this season and think, eh, we probably should have handled that better. 
Oh, I definitely think that's happening. I, I definitely think that the, we will look back at a lot of the discourse and I think that people will, the shame might be too strong, but people will second guess how they handled themselves throughout this. But that also very much depends on how things play out, right? So if you end up where the leagues that are playing don't have much issue though I, I don't even like saying that because what is not having much issue or it because people it doesn't seem that your average fan thinks that having a college football program being certified as a cluster like Kansas was recently is a major issue I think like it's such a weird like, to think that that's just going to happen and you want to get it out of the way early so you can play your more important games later that's kind of like the yeah that is that but I, right I do think yes and I agree with that Which but is there is a weird rationalization that happens with all of this and, I, and I'm not saying that it's right wrong or whatever but it it just puts you in a tricky situation to kind of explain away different things that have happened or to say on one hand, hey, Kansas has this issue going on. Or was it, it was Tulsa and Oklahoma State that had to move their game. But at the same time, we're pushing for other leagues to play. and But teams within that conference are playing. It's all very strange, nuanced, and takes a lot of kind of hoop jumping and rationalization to really feel good good about in my opinion um and so because of that i do think that there will be an element of looking back on this and going eh, i maybe should not have gone so hard in the paint on certain things or maybe i should have on other things um looking back on it but to your original question yes it feels icky um but on a on some level though you kind of have to you have that feeling with recruiting in general anyway because there's already so many things that happen that are a little bit of gray area or things um that are negative recruiting anyway that you might not feel great about to begin with yeah i was just about to say that take ethics and and place it off to the side which is is whatever ethics aside recruiting is already kind of a dirty area yeah it's a dirty game anyway we got to do we got to do that firsthand yeah they had a kid they had schools telling a kid that Travis Fisher was leaving when Travis Fisher was on the phone with him saying, no, I'm going to be here. Yeah. So do you think there will be a a boost for Nebraska or at least a a positive result for Nebraska to be able to go and say, we had not just the head coach and the athletic director who wanted to play, but the chancellor and the president of the, the university system behind us saying, yeah, we feel like we can make this possible. I, I do think it's, there's a boost, but I think it actually is a little bit bigger than just wanting to play through the pandemic and and feeling like they could play safely. I think that if you think about what one of Nebraska's strongest pitches is on the recruiting trail, it is that we're all aligned. Um, You hear Scott Frost's references multiple times about part of the reason why he came back is that everybody was aligned. So he's been talking about this for a while, and then they got to put that into use. We got to see a real life application of what they were saying and that it's not just talk. And so that gives you another level of credibility as well. So I do think that that ends up helping because you then say, hey, we've been we have been talking about it, but we also got to walk the walk as well. That just made me think of something. What if. What if the situation here was still Bo Pelini against Harvey Perlman going through this? (laughs) Would it be like more combustible than what's going on in Michigan with Jim Harbaugh and, and their president? Yes. Yeah. And but it, I, that was actually when you said that that was the first thing that I thought about was Michigan, um but it would be similar to that and ramped up a couple of notches because of the personalities involved. And and because of the um the distrust that would have already been there. I don't know the ins and outs of Michigan's program to know whether or not they already had distrust, um but we would have known that Perlman and Polini have already had that sort of those seeds of mistrust between them. So it would have been not great. Bo Pelini as a head coach during this portion of time would have been incredibly interesting to watch. Yes. I actually, I think it would have been incredibly interesting to see Mike Riley as head coach during this too. And I don't think that, I think that why it, because I think that, okay, let's say it was, would have been Mike Riley and I course and I course. Yeah, I think that you would have had it would look more like boy, what would be a school Minnesota? Is Minnesota Northwestern are they schools that have been a little quieter but you tend to think they did not want to play? Like well, that feels to Northwestern be Northwestern has definitely been quiet, but they've also been like firmly planted in the we're not comfortable doing this camp. 
Which is interesting. And we haven't heard much from Pat Fitzgerald either. Not a lot. Not in a long time. It feels like it's been a long time since we've heard from him. Especially considering how public he was earlier in the summer. Mm -hmm. Now, he had a reason to be public earlier in the summer. But just in terms of visibility, like it seemed like he was out there at the forefront speaking for coaches in the conference. and, And then he was not. Yeah, it seems like James Franklin has taken that spot. Yeah. I see James Franklin all the time. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts on recruiting implications, or do you want to move on to the next question that we have? We can move on to the next question. Okay. This is from at DMHusker1 on Twitter. What advice would you give to Kevin Warren to help him restore some of his credibility as well as the Big Ten's reputation? Boy. Because it's undeniable that it has taken a hit throughout this process, the Big Ten's reputation. Which, as someone who has watched the Big Ten basically all of my life, because I grew up in Big Ten country, um, it's unfortunate. I I, I feel like people were, in a way, just waiting to take shots at the Big Ten because the Big Ten holds itself in such high esteem, right? And because academics is so much a part of what the Big Ten represents. And there are a lot of people that just want the sports and and get the academic nerdy side out of things. Like I kind of like you see that a lot. And I think you saw that so much or still see it so much throughout this process, which also culminated in people, Husker fans wanting to leave the Big Ten without fully realizing the implications of that. Right. So I think if I was if, if I were giving Kevin Warren and the Big Ten advice, I would say you need to be as forthright and public and transparent as possible throughout the rest of this process. When I first saw people make the suggestion that if they have another vote, they need to live stream it, I thought they were kind of nuts. And then I thought about it a little bit more, and I think that that actually would not be the worst idea in the world. I don't know if you can even do that. I know there's no real precedent for that. And in part, and I think where part of where the conference got into trouble is, is that typically when the conference makes decisions, you don't have this level of interest and this level of scrutiny that goes into it. Then you don't have people then pushing back on what the decision was. The conference basically by and large does stuff. People go along with it and then that's it. Right. In this, you had such a huge blowback and then kind of a, we want to open up the doors and see what your process was actually like. And the conference was not prepared at all well, they to do that. Justification for it. Right. And, they, and then I'm not saying by any means that the Big Ten is blameless in that. Let me, hold on, I should have probably said that on the front end. I, I think that they've botched almost all of the communication around this. So the only way to then restore that is to be open about it. And you are, by the way, still going to have people, no matter what they do, that are going to be angry. Because what we saw, what we've seen throughout the process is, okay, they have the super secret vote. We have some ADs who don't even say that there was a vote. You have Nebraska's leadership saying, of course, there was a vote. Like, so that muddies everything. And then you come, it's, if you come back now and re-vote, whether it's whenever it's going to be, I think that you need to make that a lot more public. But that's great for Kevin Warren, but is that good for the actual presidents of different universities? Because what I feel like is that a lot of presidents at different universities throughout this thing have been shielded by Kevin Warren taking all of the arrows. And you didn't know that, hey, Purdue or Michigan or Northwestern or Illinois, Indiana, they voted against playing football. Right. And so do they want to actually put their names and faces to that if, in fact, they continue to if they vote again and vote no on football again? No, they don't. That's why that's why I mean, Kevin Warren has been he's and this was this was my answer to this question in the mailbag. He has made mistakes. He's made public mistakes. He's made serious mistakes or missteps throughout this process. But by and large, he's been the punching bag for the presidents that wanted to duck criticism for the decisions yes, that they made. Which like, is why I never, which is why I don't think the fire Kevin Warren thing is going anywhere because they would have to do that. And they should be very happy with him oh, because he's, be with yeah. They, so I, that's why I'm, I was just kind of scoff at that whole situation. They love him right now. Because he didn't unilaterally decide. Oh, no, he didn't. We're not going to play football. <laughs> no. That was the decision of the presidents and chancellors serving on the council. I don't, I don't know. This whole thing is weird because like this is a private entity making decisions and like in any other situation, if the spokesperson for that private entity, in this case, Kevin Warren had come out with a firm, heavy hand and said, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Get on board. I don't want to hear dissension. Like would, would 
this have happened to the degree that it has happened? I don't know. You might have, I mean, you might still have players upset, parents writing letters. Maybe you still get the Nebraska player lawsuit because they just want, they want information on what's going on. But I don't, I don't know that you have fire Kevin Warren trending every time you open Twitter. Right. It's interesting. Yeah. It's it's just weird. I was thinking about that because I get fire Kevin Warren responses to any number of things. Because the perfect (laughs) comparison is what's going on in the PAC 12. You didn't have the, the 12 institutions over there infighting as much as you've had in the big 10. Like you didn't have, like I said, this USC would be the Nebraska equivalent of the, of the PAC 12. You didn't have USC coming out and saying, yeah, we're going to look about playing elsewhere. Right. So it's like, I don't know though that the big 10 actually needs to do like public or, or I guess PR work trying to rebuild its reputation In, in academic circles. I don't know that it took that big of a hit. No, I don't. I would not. And you just so, have no. to, like the way that you're going to rebuild your reputation. Because when people talk about the Big Ten's reputation has been tarnished, they think of like from an athletic standpoint, fans looking at the Big Ten and thinking, well, you're a bunch of idiots out there that can't get together. Maybe the best way to do that is to just put a damn team in the college football playoff. Yeah. Have, and all of have Nebraska work. be good. Yep. And so that you have more than just Ohio State in the conference. Yeah. And I think that, and it was funny, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, is that what happens if, like, all of this talk about how the Big Ten has it sullied its good name and its reputation, um, let's just say that they end up playing, like, sometime soon in the fall. And Ohio State has the team that everyone assumes that Ohio State has, and they go to the college football playoff and maybe win it. Like, it, then everything is back to normal. Like, you're not going to, like, an even. Well, I mean, it's going to be hard this year because you got guys sitting out. Like the Do they 10, have guys sitting out? The Big out? Ten product this year is not going to be the same because you're going to have guys sitting out across but, the board. But does Penn Ohio State, State I don't have know if guys Ohio yet? I don't think they, they might have a do. one or two, but Penn State has been hammered. Yeah, they have. Now, Penn State like, has definitely Pat Fryermuth was the latest yeah. to say I'm Was I'm it the tight end? Season. Yeah. yeah. That's like the best tight end in the conference. Yeah. Aside from Thomas Fedoni whenever he gets there. <laughs> whenever he gets there, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like I don't, like, I've always been kind of like, why, why, why do you view yourself this way when it comes to the Big Ten of being, they they feel very uppity. Yeah. And I've kind of just been like, I don't really have a reason to feel that way from an athletic standpoint because it's basically Ohio State and that's it. Well, not necessarily, not previously. Well, just, just, like just on a national level, been, like talk about the last 20 years. Yeah, I would say, okay, I'll give you that. Nationally, yeah. Remember, I'm 25. So you this would is have, a large portion of the viewership that has seen the Big Ten be like Ohio State can't beat Clemson. Yeah, or you remember like Ohio State? Did Ohio State play Florida in the national championship? Yep, 2006. Um, they had the Heisman Trophy. So with, okay, God, I don't want to derail this, but when you think of Ohio State, and this might be weird because you cover the Big Ten. Like, what coach do you think of? The first, the first name coach that comes, that comes to, to mind, mind is Jim Trestle. Okay. So then that's still, so they were good. So then that, but that really does go to what you were saying. But it's not Urban Meyer. Yeah. So, okay. That makes sense. But still like the first coach that I think of, I mean, obviously Jim Harbaugh is this, this huge figure that just kind of looms over Michigan because of his personality. But the first coach I think of when I think of like Michigan throughout the entirety of my life is Rich Rod. Really? Oh man. Yeah. (laughs) Which they should have never hired in the first place. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> that's funny. Though. So like the big 10 for, for a, a big chunk of the college football public right now. And I, and I understand that, that older people watch college football, older people than me watch college yeah. football in, in, in a lot bigger numbers. But like my generation, we look at the big 10 and we're like, you haven't won anything. That's true. You have Ohio state and you have nothing else that has won anything. So, and, and from a reputation standpoint, I mean, it's not like you have, Larry Nasser with Michigan State. You have the Penn State yeah. stuff. Like you have other things to worry about. And, it, and it's that you, wild. You don't you have think. the sterling reputation that you think you do. I just think the Big Ten just needs to say. I was about to say a bad word. Just needs to 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 say screw it, and worry about. Let's let's create the safest environment for the players. Let's not care about our reputation. Let's just get this right. Let's make sure everybody's on board. 
We'll figure out the path forward. We'll let the teams know the path forward so that they're not mm-hmm. just in this like Which limbo is, where they're like, the are we practicing? Are we not practicing? Is my class schedule still going to be screwed up for the rest of the fall? Like give them a little bit of direction and then you just move forward, not caring about what the ACC might think about you. Cause at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. No. And I think, or with the, what you're needing, what you're wanting to do in conjunction with the PAC 12 does not matter either. I'm with you. The big 12, the big 12, the big 10 needs to figure out, what they're doing. And I do think that the thing that you kind of hit on there at the end is very important. And I continue to mention this on everything that I go on and talk um, at is for the sake of the players, knowing what the heck they're doing on a day to day and week to week basis, they need to figure something out, whatever that is going to be. They need a plan going forward because what we're also coming up on is colleges, universities making decisions about what second semester is going to look like. So I think it was Purdue this week that announced that they're not going to have a spring break and they announced like what their second semester um, academic calendar will look like. That's going to matter (laughs) when you decide because say, let's say you end up playing that January football schedule when kids on the football team are making their class schedules. It's going to matter what's happening with all that. So there are all sorts of little nuts and bolts things that matter within this too. That continue to get drug out because the Big Ten, we don't know where they are. You could be potentially impacting like football players timeline for graduation, right? Because based on some of the classes that they took this fall, like I can't imagine they were able to to just pick from from whatever that they needed for their their course. I would assume (laughs) you have to have open dates for for football practices and things. like Yeah. So it's already a huge jigsaw puzzle to to figure that out. Yeah. It is interesting to me that the Big Ten has aligned itself with the Pac-12. Well, that's from an academic standpoint, I get it. But from an athletic standpoint, like the Pac-12 is, they are the other guys. (laughs) Yes, they are. Out there on the West Coast. And and for the Big Ten to be like, we are one of the best conferences in athletics. We rival the SEC. You hear athletic directors in the Big Ten all the time say, we think we're just as good as, if not better than the SEC. For them to be like, we'll let the SEC and the ACC form their kind of bromance over there, and we'll, we're going to align ourselves with the Pac-12 that nobody likes. I think that goes back to something that I think still is jarring to Nebraska fans because they're relatively new to the conference, is that how much the Big Ten leadership cares about the Rose Bowl and the like kind of marriage with the Pac-12. I think that they care about that way more than your general Nebraska fan does, and they do not get that at all. Why that is such a thing. Because it looks like you care about the Rose Bowl more than you care about the college football playoff. And it's all that has been a, a topic of discussion, I feel like, for a while. Yeah, and it really? does look like that. Yeah, I think it does look yeah. like that. And, I, and now seeing this portion play out, like it, I, I kind of understand why fans would feel that way, and it is just a little odd. You know, I would love to go to a Rose Bowl. Don't say what I, I want to go back to one. It's, it's my so old fun. team from from my college paper. They went to the Rose Bowl a couple years ago when OU played Georgia, and one of my closest friends has a picture on the Rose Bowl field, and I got to go to the parade. I'm like, I'm so jealous of you guys yeah. right now. I would love to go to a Rose Bowl, but I would. Let's let's walk before we can run. I would like to go to a bowl game. <laughs> yeah, yeah let's let's walk that back a little bit. But also, uh, Miami. Florida for an Orange Bowl playoff game. Yeah. That'd be pretty great too. Probably yeah, better than California. Probably. Um, let's let's kind of like sidestep from the will they won't they discussion with the Big Ten because we did get a question from at takes underscore baked on Twitter okay. this week that I thought was um, it was out of left field because I wasn't expecting this question to come so soon in his career. But the question was if the Big Ten doesn't play. Which quarterback will leave, if any? Adrian to the draft or Luke to the portal? This is the first time, really, that we've gotten a will Luke McCaffrey transfer question. You did not answer this, so I will start with you. If the Big Ten doesn't play, will Nebraska have a quarterback leave between, let's just say that they they don't play a a fall season and we're kind of in limbo on whether a winter or spring season will happen. So let's just say, will Nebraska have a quarterback leave ahead of the fall 2021 season? No, is my gut reaction there. Because if we play it out where they don't have a fall season, but they play like in the winter and then have to play again in the fall, I could see a situation there where you get Adrian as your starter in the winter and then he goes and Luke becomes your starter for fall 2021. Um, I He would... 
Adrian would sit out the fall 2021 season. But see, that's the, see, but now that I say that out loud, it's like, okay, but then what would you, hmm, because then are you, would he then sit out and then prepare for the draft for a whole, yeah, okay, maybe not. See, here's the side. I think that that's a weird, yeah. Here's the byproduct of them freezing eligibility. I think it actually hurts Nebraska's quarterback room. Because now, Logan Smothers is going to be on the same timeline as Heinrich Harburg when he gets here. Yeah. And and Adrian can stay for another two seasons. Or, yeah, or because another, where is another you, three seasons. Yeah, because where seasons. you had it kind of set up mm-hmm. nicely to yeah, that is true. It kind of throws a wrench in, in the timeline that they had that they had created. And and I think whenever I think they're recruiting quarterbacks really, really well. And I think whenever you do that, you're gonna lose guys, regardless of how great a, a room that you have created or, or how great the culture is in the room that you've created. I think you're gonna lose a guy or two here and there. I didn't think it was going to be Luke, but I don't know. I mean, if we get, because because you have to start with Adrian, right? Because he he couldn't sit out this upcoming, let's no, say that, let's say that they don't play the Thanksgiving yeah. and they say, we're going to start January 1 so that we can finish before the NFL draft. He's not going to sit out that season to prepare for the NFL draft. He doesn't have enough on tape right now for a team to draft him. But right? could he play, could he play the January season and then go to the draft? I think he could, but he would need a really good season. He would need a really nice – yeah, he would need a good season, but that would be on the table. Man, in this whole scenario, that might be kind of your quote-unquote best-case scenario. (laughs) Not to try to push Adrian out, but just because that means, A, he's had a really good season in January. Um, B, you get the effect of starting to say we're a quarterback factory because we've got a guy ready and and to go to the draft early. That's a nice feather in your cap. And then you keep your timeline of quarterbacks preserved the best you can under the situation. Can you use that on the recruiting trail when, when the wins haven't, like been commensurate with it. Yeah, I think so. Because I think that I think that whenever you can if you can ever get any position where you can say you're getting people ready to go to the draft, especially given Nebraska's draft history recently, I think you'll just take that regardless of of where the the win total falls. And I don't say that to to make it sound like I think quarterbacks should be judged by the number of wins that they had in school, yeah. but I just know like just from talking to Nebraska's most recent draft eligible guys, like that was held against them that they didn't have wins. Oh, and, and I totally agree. I do totally agree with and that. And with though. a quarterback, I wonder if that's dialed up to another level just because there is that that expectation that if you have a good one, you're going to win a bunch of games. Yeah. And if you don't win a bunch of games, it's because you don't have a good quarterback. Maybe, but you've seen guys, there's always a guy or two in the NFL draft each year that rises up boards. Um, like Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen. For Josh Allen, guys that didn't win a I wasn't going to mention Mitch games. Trubisky. I didn't want to hurt Yeah, him. it's fine. Like he's <laughs> a guy, um, I feel like there's always one or two a year that didn't, that perform really well and have the look or have what it takes that NFL scouts think they have what it takes. And then they rise up draft board. So maybe I think you, you can still get away with hey, that. Don't, don't start comparing Adrian Martinez to Mitch Trubisky. I'm just saying, Hey, listen, if Nebraska he ends made up a lot having, of money, but like, yeah, I'm going to say if they end up having what a number three pick in the draft and Adrian Martinez, they'll just take that and just, Hey, whatever happens with his NFL career, we'll ignore that. But like, <laughs> you'll take that. Do you think there is, there is a feeling amongst maybe the coaching staff or just the program in general, they would like to, for Adrian to experience successful seasons that they feel like, because I know that there was a point after his freshman season where they felt like our clock is ticking. We have to put a winning team yeah. around him so that we can maximize him and not waste the talent. Now with, with all of the, everything that we just talked about, like he, he, maybe he goes to the draft in a couple months is, do you think that the thinking has maybe shifted to, we owe it to this guy to give him some successful seasons before he leaves so that he is not a forgotten player in our program turnaround. Because like guys like, and I hate to say it, DiCaprio Boodle, guys like Luke Gifford, guys like Mick Stoltenberg, those players are going to be forgotten. And they shouldn't be. Because they were crucial pieces in the turnaround of the program. Do you think that there's anything to the thinking that, that they don't want Adrian Martinez to be that guy as well in that camp as well, just because he was the first quarterback that that Frost picked. 
Yeah, I definitely could see that because, man, now that you think about that, there are all sorts of guys I feel like that kind of fit into that category, though, that are still on the team that maybe if they experience whenever the next season is, if they experience success. Ben Stilley is another Ben Stilley is a great pick on that. Um, where if they experience some success, they won't be in that group because I do think that you wrote a really nice piece about those guys um, that you mentioned, like the mix and Gerald Foster and Luke McCaffrey, Luke McCaffrey, Luke Gifford. I keep messing up names today. Um, and what they meant to turn to salvaging kind of that season that happened. Um, but in the larger history, they are going to be kind of pushed to the side. And I think that having seen that play out or still seeing it play out, that sucks. It's really tough, and especially for guys that are a part of this this beginning portion under Frost. Yeah, I do think that, and it's not just Adrian, but I do think that it would be nice, and the coaching staff would agree, to send him off on a better note than what he's had in the beginning. Because you also, you're going to run into now in his third, Adrian's third year as a starting quarterback, You'll it'll be maybe worse than just being forgotten, because if you go three years without a bowl game, as a starting quarterback at Nebraska, it'll become his fault. Yeah, that. Yeah, so what about it'll be a whole different thing. So yeah, he needs to have success. Because even after the second year, there were people that. I mean, we have this conversation with with Luke. Will he transfer or will he get the ball? Like, there are already people calling for him to leave. Yeah. And like, like you said, it this sucks because Nebraska has like they have talent and they have yeah. had talent. They just haven't had enough of it. They have a running back who might be a starter in Jacksonville in the NFL. <laughs> right. Like that dude was really good. If he plays on, a, if, if he plays on a team that's winning, Man, nine or a guy that you just year, forget already. Yeah. <laughs> what does his career look like in the NFL? Is he a, yeah. a fourth or fifth round draft pick right. as a running back? I mean, I don't know, but to tie everything back, I just, I still think that Adrian, needs whether it's because the coaching staff wants him to have that year or whether it's because he needs that year on tape to show scouts i still think that he the it's in his best interest to stay but you did bring up a really good point it might be in their best interest as a program with the timeline that they've created for their quarterbacks for him to have the spring season and then head to the draft after having a good really good <laughs> spring season like he's got to because you I think it's all tied together you've got to he's got to have the success both individually and as a team um, but then also that can help propel him up draft boards and then you can start to sell that and I have no doubt that if, if, if Nebraska gets in a situation where they have a quarterback that's being talked about as a nice draft pick and not even talking about a first round pick but just a pretty good pick <laughs> in the draft that they'll build stuff around that and they'll really promote that and it will feel really good for the program um but I also think that that's part of why the whole team success thing that we were talking about I think is why is fueling why Nebraska coaches and players really seem like they want to play as soon as possible. I think a lot of them want to change the talk around their careers. They don't want to be the guys at this program that didn't go to bowl games and that didn't help turn things under around under the, the home coach that came back to restore the program. They don't want to be those guys. Adrian threw for uh, 1956. 1,956 yards last year. He had 10 touchdowns against nine interceptions, completed 59.4% of his passes. I came on the heels of a freshman year where he was at 64.6%, threw for 2,600 yards, 17 touchdowns, and only eight interceptions. What would be a good year, really good year for him that would vault him into kind of draftable territory? Probably like 2,800 yards, 60... Six or sixty-seven percent completion percentage, and then you need to get for him specifically, like the touchdowns, the interceptions, needs to get back closer to two to one because the big knock on him is ball security, and then I think the fumbles will come into play uh, because then his rushing yards need to be basically where they've been for the first couple of years. He's been really good at that, um, which I think is attainable. Like I didn't say thirty-five hundred yards, forty. I didn't name the Marcus Mariota year that you and I talk about um, where he went nuts. Like I, I think it just needs to be a really good clean efficient year i mean if you're hitting what'd you say 2700 passing yards add in the rushing and you're pretty close to that 3500 all yeah. purpose which i think would be i think i think that that type of season is attainable for him if they're hitting 
on all cylinders because whenever they get to play, their offense should be more explosive when they get it going. Is there anybody that you think would, would sit out a spring season currently on the team? Um, first two guys that came to mind are Brendan Hymas and Omar Manning. And then I'm not going to say that this will happen, but like Dedrick Mills is a guy that would be intriguing because running backs, you just don't want to put too many yeah, miles on the hard, tires. A hard spot. Yeah. Those guys, those guys are in tough. Cause it seems spots. like NFL teams want a running back that has had one good season. Yep. seems like if, if, if they could draft a guy who's coming off of a great freshman season, they would. Yeah. But they can't. Like, like I was looking through this past year's draft stuff. Like, Jonathan Taylor fell a lot further than I thought he was going to fall. I would agree with that. But I understand it. He carried the ball he had so like much, man. Like, a thousand sure. carries at Wisconsin. Yeah. So much. But the thing that would help, but, the, but on the flip side, the thing that would help a guy like Dedrick Mills to stay is because the, the way that this offense is built – we were just talking about Adrian running the ball. You're always going to have carries taken away from you as the running back in this offense, just because the quarterback run game. And then whoever that second running back ends up being for Nebraska this year should also get a decent amount of carries. So you shouldn't have too much wear on your tires. Savvy time. Savvy time. Is it savvy time? Savvy time. Okay. Is that a thing? Did I just make that up? I'm pretty sure you just made that up. Okay. We'll see how he feels about it. Last question. We're not going to talk football. This was from Richard Fitzwell again. Going grocery shopping and playing a little game, keep or toss. What fall-themed foods would you keep and which ones would you toss? You didn't answer this question either. My answer was all pumpkin-based food and drink with the exception of pumpkin pie. But everything else is terrible. I I would like to be able to eat like Thanksgiving turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes in September. Okay, I agree with almost everything you said except for pumpkin pie is trash. It needs to go too. Um, I'm trying to think what fall. Like also, I feel like people associate chili with fall, and I don't like chili, so we can toss that in the trash too. Uh, so what do you do on chili and cinnamon roll day? You just have the cinnamon roll. I just right? have the cinnamon. Yeah, you've yeah. seen this. I just. I know. Well, I know. I've seen it. I'm I remember. was like, yeah, I saw you thinking like, you're picturing in your mind, like, what have I seen him do? Um, yeah, I just have the cinnamon roll. And in fact, was that the day that I went down and got food? Yes. From yes, the, it was. That is the day. You went down and purchased food I from bought the concession food. stand yeah. <laughs> when we had food in the press box. Yeah, yeah, that happened. <laughs> so that's how I feel about chili day. Yeah. Yeah. So I had my dessert. The Cinnamon roll, and I think I went. Man, those cheeseburgers are outstanding. What, on, what do you uh, have against like chili, though? I mean, it's like I'm not, not I'm not the person that's going to put a cinnamon roll in the chili or chili on top of the cinnamon roll. Or I, I don't even like having them together. Yeah, you're not a food not touching, touching person, right? No, I'm not. Yeah. Well, I've kind of mellowed out a little bit. But when I was a kid, we had to have those plates that had the built-in <laughs> okay. separators so that the food didn't touch. Um, and my mom would always say, "It's going to the same yeah, place anyway." Same place. Yeah, yeah. Stupid thing, but like. <laughs> Like in the winter time, chili's great. No, it's not like nothing. With cheese on top of it, shredded cheese on top of it, and you have some Frito scoops. No, I, like, I can just have Frito scoops by themselves. I can have cheese on something else. Love cheese, but on something else, the, like, this the is actual base of the meal is not good. The chili isn't like it's just not tasty. You're not having the right kind of chili then. Maybe like I like but, I have <laughs> I have created this scene in my head. There's fire on the fireplace. I have like a like a fuzzy blanket around me and we have <laughs> elf on the TV. Okay. I, and chili. No, Does, this doesn't sound good to you. Not at all. Like, so can we you, have chicken noodle soup? What do you like, eat around Christmas time? Hot food wise. I, I don't know. Like meatloaf. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm trying to think of what else would be something that, that requires work though. See, like the, one of the, the benefits of chili is you can just throw everything in the crock pot and leave it for a few hours. Maybe, uh, maybe like uh meatballs or something like you throw those in the crock pot. No, I'm just, I'm trying to think of what else would be I mean, it's like, not chili. I know that <laughs> you could eat those any time of the year. Why couldn't you eat chili anytime? You can't have chili in the summertime. Why? Cause it's hot outside. <laughs> You, know, you could temperature, temperature control your home. Like you just make it to where it's a little cooler and then you just be, make it so yeah. that it's 55 degrees inside <laughs> your home you in summer 60. so that your Maybe energy 60. bill at the end of the month is $300 just, just so you can justify day. chili. Just that one day. No, toss the chili in the trash. Sorry. Oh man. We got to winter. That's not fall. So, so you, you think pumpkin pie too is also garbage. Trash. 
<laughs> like all the way. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm just not a pumpkin. I don't really like pumpkin anything. It's just not. Food or in general? Like, do you not go to pumpkin patches? I don't do that either, but <laughs> no, have we discovered something about me? Um, <laughs> no. What's, I can't I, remember. I and I'm we have a good one here, right? People love going. I get Aaron just went to it. Like it's Once not, the calendar hits October, Greg just hates everything. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what is it about fall outside of football that I'm like, yay. Like, I am not like, and I know people get super <laughs> excited about when it turns to fall. Yeah, there really isn't anything. So, were you not a big Halloween person when you were growing up? Were you not, were you not dressing up? Oh, well, as a kid, but I don't. Eh, when I did take you stop leader. dressing up for Halloween? <laughs> Probably like eighth grade. What? <laughs> like, no, not really my thing. We were either. having Halloween parties in college when I was a senior. Oh, okay. So I think, okay. So that, that's different. Like when, you know, I dressed up as, as Jared Leto's Joker and had ha 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 written all over my arm and had the you mouth photos thing. Of that? Yeah, I have photos okay, of that. I need to see that at some point. I think the last time I did dress up, I dressed up in college as Kanye West. I do remember oh that. Um, but that was only because you were going to parties and that's, that's actually fun. Like, I don't, yeah, but other back than that. Back when you liked no. Kanye West. Yeah, back, <laughs> back when I liked Kanye West. I debated him on if I even wanted to admit that just because of that. Um, yeah, no, I, man, that's going to be, that's going to stump me all day about when it turns to fall, what is it that I go yay about? And I don't, outside of football. So, really so, so like anything. this fall, when we don't, if we don't have football, you're just going to be like moody. Probably. Until Christmas time. Yeah. And then I, I get really excited about Christmas, but no, I'll be playing a lot of emo music. <laughs> wow. That surprises me. Sorry. Does it surprise you though that I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum on Christmas? Like I love Christmas. No, because I don't know that there's many people that. That don't enjoy Christmas time. Yeah, that's I true. mean, like I don't like that you go to at home or Hobby Lobby and they already have Christmas decorations out. See, that makes yeah. me smile. I don't like that <laughs> like we can, portion we can of Christmas do that. Yeah. where we started in like July. <laughs> that is a little much. But I don't think there's anybody that just distastes Christmas. Maybe. But now you've met someone that dislikes fall. Now you don't like fall. I'm trying to think of if there was something that like Alex could bake for you. I'm willing to accept ex- into it. No, I was about to say I'm willing to accept baked goods as a bribe without pumpkin. Because in because she's done this to me before. If there's food that she knows I don't like, she will make stuff and purposefully sneak that food item into <laughs> what she's making, and then she won't say anything. We'll have dinner or we'll, we'll have a snack or, or whatever it was. And she'd be like, so what did you think? And I'd be like, yeah, it was really good. And she's like, ha, got you. <laughs> Brussels sprouts in there, sucker. I feel, more, I feel, I like Brussels sprouts more than I like Paul. What? <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, okay, okay, last question, and then we will wrap this up, because yep. Pat is over here, our producer, looking, uh, looking very bored. Um Starving now. <laughs> Do you the 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 corn candies that come out around Halloween time? Yeah, I don't. I can't remember what oh, they're the candy called. Candy corn? Can't, yeah, well, oh, corn candy, candy corn. Yeah, candy corn. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. <laughs> I had somebody last week uh, after the podcast that told me I needed to pronounce myocarditis instead of myocard, myocarditis because I sound like an idiot. Oh man, I just um, say the heart condition. Just full. Well, I mean, yeah, that's like, what I should do, but you know, I, that's a tough one. Whatever. But thank you, by the way, for that. Um, yeah. Do you like candy corn or no? I do not. God, I sound like such an idiot now. Corn, <laughs> corn candy. No, that's right. That candy might be corn. the worst part of fall of all. Really? Like, yeah, no, it's awful. You don't like, like candy corn? No, you like candy corn? What's wrong with candy corn? It's gross. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it In moderation. Like if you got a, if you got a bowl there and you have like one or two a day, just a little bit of, just a, just a little bit of sweet. No, no are you joking? No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no. Candy corn is awful. What are some other Halloween candies? Like miniature Snickers bars. <laughs> but that's not a Halloween candy. Delicious. That's just candy. You can get that year round. Mini Reese cups. You Again, you can get that year round. <laughs> Baby Roots. Again, year round. <laughs> Those are tasty. You're not naming Tasty Halloween treats. <laughs> They're Halloween candy because they come in the little snack size. But you can get those year round. Oh. 
We could drive to Hy-Vee right now and there would be snack-sized candy bars there. Well, yeah, because they've got the whole section now of like Halloween stuff. Fine. We could jump in the time machine and go back to March and drive to Hy-Vee and there would be mini candy bars there. I guess. You can't get candy corn. Good. I'm blanking on what other like Halloween candy there is. Are you a Thanksgiving guy? I do like Thanksgiving. Like turkey stuffing. Okay, none of the first the two thing. that you just named. You don't like turkey. <laughs> but I'm a ham guy at Thanksgiving. Very much a ham guy. Unless it's unless I feel like it's I knew this very good. Yeah, because you yelled and at I, me about I this. Maybe before. have blocked it out. Yeah, it, unless it's like uh, like the deep fried turkey. Then we can then we can get busy with it. Maybe someone that I very much trust to do like a smoked turkey, but. In general, I'm I'm walking right past a turkey, and I want to hear about like how so and so in my family makes a great turkey. No, like just you won't even right entertain past. it. No, not even if it's I'll go like, straight to the ham. Not even if it's like a leftover turkey sandwich with stuffing on top of it. <laughs> no, what? No, that's awful. What is your? But no. turkey with homemade <laughs> gravy. Sorry, you are just Stop making so many people angry. You are the Grinch no. of fall. I am the. I will take that. I'm gonna put that in my Twitter bio. My goodness. Sorry. All right, we'll wrap it up. I don't want you to come back on the podcast. At least not for a while. At least not for a while. Not through fall. Like not, I have to come back in the winter. Yeah, you yeah. can come back whenever it hits December 1st. The first snow of the new year, okay. you can come back on the podcast. I'll take it. Man. <sighs> Subscribe to Jay Moore's More To It podcast. Subscribe to Aaron and Sasha's Mind Your Own podcast. It's really good. They have two episodes out now and you should listen to it. Um, if you don't already subscribe to this one, how are you listening to this, first of all? But second of all, subscribe. Um, leave us a rating and a review on, on each of our podcasts. They really help right now. Listen to the Hail Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt uh, during the weekdays from 4 to 6. It's also on Apple Podcasts. Is it on other places? I don't know. I'll have to look that up. But you can listen to the radio show live from 4 to 6 every weekday. And then you can also read HailVarsity.com every single day. Jacob Padilla likes to say you should have it bookmarked, which you should. So just keep reading Hell Varsity. We will have preps coverage throughout the weekend. We'll have more podcasts next week. And I will be back to talk to you guys without Greg Smith sitting across from me bashing on fall next week. Thanks, everybody.